Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. And welcome back to an in-between week episode of Three Lo- She Loves the Grid. Almost says Three Loves the Grid. Oh my God. <laughs> and all of them play video games all day. You would think I would have some intelligence left, but no. Hi, I'm Claire. <laughs> Hello, I'm Diane. Yeah, it was an in-between week. Bye. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was so busy at the beginning of the week. And I'm I'm now you've got a, a lot of stuff that's kind of happened. And I was so enthralled by all then we'll get into it. The heat and then the controversy with Lance. That was like most of what Ooh. ate me up most of the week. That's I just kept following that down rabbit holes all week. Yeah. Um so I'm <laughs> glad you're picking to some of the other stuff because that stuff wow just wow yeah those were but how was your week it was good it was another really fun week i feel like i'm heading into like a whole month that's just going to be non-stop but this week um i actually played pickleball for the first time <laughs> really loved it could totally see doing that on a regular basis I have been saying, I did learn this. I have been saying the guys, uh, the F1 drivers play paddle. And I thought it was the same as pickleball, but there's some differences, some slight differences. So it's not exactly the same. So I did learn that, but loved pickleball. Um, Had a great call that hopefully is like moving me forward on, you know, my little steps that I'm taking, my goal. So that worked out really, really well. And then Friday did a happy hour. And then yesterday I went with my niece and my sister-in-law and nephew to see the Taylor Swift concert movie. So three hours in an IMAX theater. And then we went and had a great dinner afterwards at my brother's restaurant. But yeah, it was really busy week, but so much fun. So much fun. And then gearing up for the next month of just nonstop fun. So yeah. What about you? Yeah. Mine was winding down my German class. So I'm 12 full weeks is done. So that's good. I didn't get to spend as much time studying as I want. So I'm not as proficient as I could be, but I'm, I'm quite happy with my progress. So nice. I just have to keep practicing now. So now that's a kind of relief to get a little extra non-structured time. So I can move my times around because there's big changes at work. So just going to be a little crazy with work with getting an extra customer and everything, but um, new boss. So I'm excited with them. Yeah. Yeah. So You've made a lot of progress in your German. Like, it's amazing. So, yeah, I, you know, I got to keep the positive attitude about things because when I get out and I start talking to people, we, we went out, um, Friday night and had like Indian food and they speak German there because we're Germany. And, um, they're like, oh, we'll speak English. So I was like, okay, that's great. But I would switch back and forth. And then we decided to walk down and just try to find a pub because they, they were mm-hmm. alcohol-free at the, the restaurant. And we stopped and I started talking to some people back and forth, you know, and they're like, yeah. your pronunciation is really good. And like, that's the important part. Like, if you yeah. get the pronunciation down, you know, that's that's really helpful. So they're like, we can really understand you. So that's important. Like, okay. Then the good. <laughs> Yay. So, that's then it's been Then it's been just... I've been playing video games all weekend. I haven't been able to really play my games nonstop in a long time. And yeah, pretty much what I've been doing when we get done, yeah, that's what I'll go back to doing. So that's, Good that's for you. All weekend. I've been completely not productive at all. Just having yeah. fun. 
that's good. You've had a lot happening between German class and moving and work. Like you really haven't, I haven't actually, when you just said that, I haven't heard you talk about playing your video games at all. So <laughs> I couldn't even tell you how long. So yeah, good for you. A little overloaded, a little overloaded, but it's been fun. It's been nice good. and relaxing, you know. Good. So. Yeah, awesome. and then not having the stress of, you know, and I say I say stress, but, you know, making sure I didn't miss the races and stuff. So it was nice getting this weekend being an off weekend too. So just yeah. to be able to be like ah, nonstop. And we will start marathon running too. So <laughs> it's a complete nerd feel over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, soak up this weekend because we got three back to back to back races coming up. So <laughs> crazy, craziness coming. Well, let's get into the craziness of last week. Cause like I said, the two main things, I know you've got some, interesting stats the two main things that i was following was the heat yeah i know we, we picked up on some things right after because we recorded right after the race but more yes. and more have come out about when I mean, we picked it up right where we were recording about um the drivers getting sick and you know having to be helped out of their cars and everything but more and more have come out since that so it's yeah it's crazy yeah i think um really but like that evening, Sunday evening, and then Monday, more and more stuff, like you said, started coming out. There were multiple drivers who said they were almost passing out in their cars while driving. Um, you could see a lot of them getting out of their cars, Lance parking right next to the ambulance, and then like stumbling over, <laughs> like basically like, you know, kind of falling into their driver's side window, or maybe it's a passenger side window um, over there. Alex Albon needing help. A lot of drivers, even just, you know, like when you're stumbling, maybe if you're, you know, woozy or you inebriated or whatever, you kind of like just hold on to the tire or a wall or, you know, whatever. You're just getting your, your balance. There were so many, Fernando was doing that. Like so many drivers were like touching, you know, a car as they were walking past, like their tire, just trying to study themselves as they were walking. It was crazy yeah maybe maybe think of like i've been having a lot of vertigo issues lately yeah. made me think of my vertigo like yeah. you know you, you're walking and the the world is spinning a little bit and just you're just completely off balance and mm -hmm. and that that's a pretty scary position to be in that very that is, my head does that often right now so i i, I can only imagine and to be driving a car it makes me no. think you know we were watching the race and i commented how george was Oh, he's airing. His hands must be sweating. It's like, no, he was trying to cool himself, you know, hit yeah. through his hands, you know, yeah. and, and we were, we didn't realize how desperate some of the drivers were getting, you mm -hmm. know, Carlos talking about, um, not Carlos, but uh, Fernando talking about his seat getting hot and, you know, it was kind of like, oh yeah, you, you've got to deal with it. But it's like, no, it's actually bad. You know, that yeah. we add it all together, all these different pieces, you know, Yep. vomiting in your helmet and almost passing out in there it's just so much it just it is awful james vows you know i love to listen to him and his little videos <laughs> he's such a calming but he was talking about how you know yes these are elite athletes and you know and so on and so forth but they need to look like as a sport of what they can do in those types of situations because he was talking about like they do have the dream system but it's not that big. Like it's like a little IV, you know, to me, it looks like a, maybe a slightly larger IV bag and they put electrolytes and stuff in it. Like, um, but 
it gets hot. Like they've even said at some of the other races, like it's not refreshing when it tastes like boiled water, you know, <laughs> like that is not definitely not going to help. Um, so then the FIA came out and I want to make sure I say what they said. So they immediately, and I'm sure it's because everybody was like, this is not okay. Like the safety of the drivers themselves, so many safety issues. I think they came out and said they're going to take action to prevent another situation like this. So this is what they said. Measures may include guidance for, this is part of what they said. Measures may include guidance for competitors, um, research into modifications for more efficient airflow in the cockpit and recommendations for changes to the calendar to align with accept, acceptable climatic change conditions amongst others. So that was part of it. And we know that there, this race or that race, Qatar, will be in early December next year. Yeah, yeah, and that was the thing we looked at when we were talking after the race. Yeah, Qatar is oddly kind of early for being a, a desert in a hot climate. Why isn't it like Abu Dhabi in, in December or something? And next year it is. It's like yeah. the first week. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. But I think, you know, I mean, they've always talked about Singapore and stuff. But yeah, like this was just terrible. It was just terrible. And and the guys aren't just wearing their race suits. Like they've got fireproof, like overalls and, you know, they gloves and the whole nine yards. And then you think about like all the stuff that's like around their neck to hold, you know, hold them. It's a lot. And the rumor going around was that it was like the cockpits were like 50, um, what is it? Celsius, Celsius which I think is like 122 in degrees. So that's a lot. Like, again, living in a desert where we had 50 days, <laughs> I think, straight of over, you know, around 118, 119, 120. It's just your basic walking around. You have to be somewhat careful. Like, you can't do that for prolonged periods of time. Right. And that's 122 just in your air when you're able to walk in air around you. They're sitting tight, compact. I mean, I was, I was really paying attention to, I don't know why it caught me this week of all weeks, but their faces are so smushed in their helmets. You yeah. notice how all of their cheeks are kind of like smushed yeah. up. Yeah. And so how tight the helmet is. And then, so they're, they're pretty compressed in the seat and in there, there's not a lot of padding and comfort. It's more safety. So there's yeah. not a lot of room and a lot of airflow. So yeah. it, the airflow is the aerodynamics of the car, not for the driver. Right. <laughs> you know? And you're pulling G's. Like that is intense. Like that's intense in a cool temperature, let alone, you know, well, that kind about, of heat. Yeah. They talk about how much weight the drivers lose in sweat and regular races, even in cold weather races. And yeah. now you've got this. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. crazy. It, 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 it just made me so sad for them afterwards because like I said last week, like heat stroke and, and we know Alex, like James was very vocal, like Alex for sure, extreme heat, um, heat stroke. And so, or I, I shouldn't say stroke, but he extreme heat exhaustion or something. I don't remember how they worded it, but that's, that's serious. So I'm, I'm glad that the FIA is going to take that very seriously. I think, I mean, Miami, that's a very hot it can be very hot there it can't humid like so this guitar isn't the only place that something like this could oh, happen Austin, austin's not like it's a cool place Austin, no. Texas. We, were there, we were there last year and it was brutal like it was so hot i haven't even looked because i'm still sad that i'm not going 
and I'm going to try to stop talking about it, but I can't. <laughs> but, but it was hot again. It was really, really hot. So it's not the only place that that's going to happen. So I'm glad. And it's, and it's coming this weekend, right? Yeah. It's predicted to be hot. It's predicted on Saturday to be 33 degrees Celsius and 33 Celsius um, plus 32 is 91 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be hot. That's Saturday and only a degree cooler on Sunday, 34 on Friday. So it's going to be a hot, hot weekend. It's sunny. Yeah. And it's so dusty and like it's just dirty. Like, oh my gosh. When we got back to the hotel, like our, our Airbnb, it was late at night by the time you, you get back there. And all I wanted to do was just scrub the dirt off. And our Airbnb had no body wash and they didn't drop it off either. I was like, are you kidding me? Like we're in the dirt at Coda. Like <laughs> I need some body wash. <laughs> Anyways, that, yeah, that was, but it was a cute little tiny house. Um, okay. So also this week, Pirelli, it was announced that they are going to be the tire supplier through 2027. A lot of people thought it was interesting timing after Qatar, <laughs> like, <laughs> but I would say, I don't think that was fully on Pirelli. I think it was the changes they made on the track. Pirelli told them, supposedly told F1, FIA months before, like eh, this, these curbs and stuff are going to be a problem, but it is what it is. Um, so, but they are confirmed through 2027. So there you have it. Um, 2026 regulation. So I, some of this, I look at it and it's just like my eyes start crossing. I feel like this is more your arena. So we might have to, as we get closer to 2026, we'll have to real, you know, really talk through like what this means. And I need a good debrief on all of this, but I'm just going to run it down for you. So 30 kilograms of fuel is to be used to charge the battery. The width is going to be reduced to 190 centimeters down from 200. The wheelbase length will be reduced to 340 from 360. Now, supposedly they want it to go to 330, but the teams are not down with that. They are very resistant to um, changing that wheelbase even more. Um, they want a 40% reduction in downforce and then overtaking is supposed to be easier without the use of artificial aids. So even as I was kind of reading through all of that, I was like, okay, so what does that mean? Like, that's what I want to know. So if we, if we're making the context, so the, the, the bed that was in the first apartment I rented here in the, in the master bedroom was yeah. 200 centimeters wide. Oh, okay. The so, one I have now is 160. So it's, it's a lot, it's a lot narrower. So it's, it's just, it's 10 centimeters narrower. So it's 10 centimeters, which yeah. is, uh, yeah. So interesting. I think, you know, part of me, this is where it's like, I'm guessing that's for more wheel to wheel like action. And I guess the aerodynamics of the car, like if they're not as wide, I don't know. I need to so get that book by Adrian Newey. 78.74 centimeters down to 74.8 centimeters. So it's only a reduction of what three and a half, three and a half inches for what? For the width. Oh, reduced by three and a half inches. Oh, so 190 centimeters down from 200 is three and a half yeah. centimeters. Well, it's yeah, 3.93 centimeters 
or 3.93 inches is uh no 3.93 inches got it yeah. got it got it but i mean i would think like that's a big you know kind of a big deal in these cars so yeah i need i need an adrian Nui tutorial <laughs> that's what i need because i really do want to understand like what is it like you know not that he would give I'll one, work but... on that try to get something that makes it uh I like doing that kind of stuff, explaining it. We'll have to work on that. Yeah, because you are good at explaining things without, like, making it too technical, like, just really breaking it down. So, yes, I want to know, like, what are these changes? What is the intention? Like, what are what are we going to expect from the car if we do all of this stuff? So it's kind of, kind of interesting, for That's sure. Nice. Especially if we've got another team coming in, like, you know, they can start really thinking through that. Anyways, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, coming up this week, Haas for Haas, this is a home race for them. Technically they have three home races, but I think they've always really claimed Austin because it was the only one for a long time. Um, and they have some super fancy stars and stripes driver suits. And if you're on our, um, YouTube, you can see those fancy pants, um, with the, with the I like the leg. I like how it's got the stripes going down and the stars and like the red and the dark, the Navy blue. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And then it actually, they zoomed in on the shoes. And I think that the shoes say like Hulk. Yes. Yes. Their names are just kind of cool. Kind of cool. I love their boots. Yeah, I think those look great. I I wish they were going to have a special livery also. Like they are bringing a lot of upgrades. Don't know what they are. They don't know for sure if it's really going to make a difference in Austin. But it's more for planning for next year. We talked about that, I think, a couple weeks ago. Um, but I think, like, if you're going to go all out and do these cute little overalls, then also do a car that matches. Like, could you imagine a car that looks like that? That'd be cool. That would, <laughs> that would be really cool. Yes. I mean, you could probably do it with, like, the black. So you wouldn't have to put a lot of paint and stuff on the car. Come on, huh? It's like, this is your home race. You're supposed to be the U.S. team. Like, let's... Let's have a special livery. Instead, we'll have a special livery by um, Red Bull. We haven't seen it yet, but I'm assuming this week um, we will see that. So anyways, okay, Aston Martin, like you were saying, talking about the other big story out of Qatar last week, Lance yeah. and his snowy attitude. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I think it's interesting that the FIA, because the, the last news I saw was late yesterday, that the FIA is like, well, he apologized. They just gave him a stern warning. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I and I, I've got to. I've saw it on a couple of news sources. I've got to go. I haven't seen the FIA release yet, but yeah, I'm just gonna see if I can go find that because I remember reading that. I'm like, so he got a stern warning, and he got I to apologize. Agree. That was pretty Maybe. brutal compared well, to what I mean, other people have gotten in worse trouble for, you yeah. know, especially for being a jerk at the presser and. and Fishing is, is, you know, it, just all of it. It's just yeah. all of it. Pushing his trainery through his steering wheel, which those things cannot be cheap. And my thought when I had seen that video last week after we were done, um, I, I just thought like, dude, you have the second highest, most, you know, repair bill in, in F1 after Logan Sargent. And now you're just tossing your, and you can see the mechanic like in slow motion is like trying to catch it. Mm -hmm. says, holy crap like that's got to be so expensive the FIA never like really came out to say exactly what they were investigating him for so it was totally like speculation is it the steering wheels it's shoving his 
trainer? Was it this? Is it because he admitted that he was basically passing out on several corners for the last here's several the, laps? Here's the last quote. The FAA, the compliance offer has noted this apology and issued a written warning reminding Lance of his responsibilities as a competitor bound by the FIA Code of Ethics and other FIA ethical and conduct guidelines set forth by the sporting regulations. The FIA maintains a zero tolerance stance against misconduct and con condemns any actions that may lead to physical harassment, end quote. Interesting. That's the so quote. They're getting, that's in all of, they're getting a lot of play out of that because that's the same thing I think they said about Helmut Marco and his racist comments about Checo or xenophobic comments about Checo. <laughs> like maybe we need to, everybody needs to step up their standards. And now I guess they're, you know, you know, last week when Lewis crashed, he crossed over the um, track when the cars were under a safety car mm -hmm. um, and he crossed over into the pits. And now like the FIA is, you know, they're going to talk to him in Austin because I guess you're not supposed to do that. But there's numerous instances where drivers have walked across the track. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. There. Uh, I just feel like it, it, I'm going to be ticked if they try to, you know, give Lewis some sort of a penalty, but you don't give Lance a penalty. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That would be um, insane. Um, I thought this was kind of cool, and I figured you would really think it was cool. But McLaren said that in Austin, they are going to be using um, a recycled carbon fiber on both Oscar and Lando's car. Um, so they are... McLaren tends to be kind of at the forefront of these types of like trying different things. And so they're going to do it. Their whole goal is by 2030 is to have like a fully like circular <laughs> F1 car. So they're just trying all these different technologies to see can they use um, a recycled carbon fiber. So I thought that was really kind of cool. And so I do want to say, like, they pointed out the environmental benefits of recy recycled carbon fiber include a 90% reduction in life cycle emissions compared to standard carbon fi fiber, the equivalent of 27 tons of carbon emissions for each ton of material used. So nice. it means, isn't that cool? It, it means that if just 1% of the carbon fiber manufactured globally in 2022 was recycled carbon fiber, it would save 32,535 tons of carbon emissions, which is equivalent to half of McLaren Racing's total emissions in 2022. So you multiply that, like if they can make this work and then all the other cars start doing it or they like make that a requirement well, in the future. Think about that. If that's 1% is half and if they could do two percent if they could do enough to do two percent yeah then they would be carbon neutral yeah and if all which teams is, could do that they could be they could be carbon neutral yeah that would be which is f1's goal like they are very big on sustainability right now like that's very very important we're seeing it in regards to like the tires and you know all kinds of stuff but when they brought all of the um solar panels to i can't remember which race that was belgium or someplace and so they're working on it. So something like this could be huge. Now I am going to say like as good as McLaren has been, I kind of hope it doesn't mess them up because it's on both cars in Austin. And I was yeah, like, I, I feel like this is a little like, Risky. they must really believe in it because I don't think 
when you're gunning for, you know, getting a higher spot in the constructors and your drivers are doing so well, like I just, yeah, I'm, I'm like holding my breath that it doesn't mess anything up. That would be terrible. So anyways, I think that'll be fun. I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about it this, this week, but I thought that was super cool. And I love that McLaren keeps like pushing it. Um, for Alfred Towery, Danny, Danny's going to be back. He's back this week. Just as I predicted, he's not going to miss Austin at all. Um, their CEO, he's new, uh, Peter Bayer, has said that they have decided on their new identity for 2024. So remember how we were saying like Hugo Boss was fighting for naming rights and then we heard maybe Adidas. He's not saying right now, um, but he did say, and this was one thing that I totally picked up on in reading um, his full quote was that we will move a bit closer to the Red Bull family. So I don't really know what that means, but I don't know if that means like, yeah, I have no idea. Will they go back to whatever their name was before? I can't, it's I'm totally trying a blank. Um, anyways, I don't know. I hope they announce it soon though. Cause it's like, don't keep us in the loop, but everything's finalized. They know what they, what they're going to be. I just want to know what it is. I need, I need answers. Um, Franz Tost, he's going to be leaving. I keep forgetting that he's actually going to be leaving. So I feel like we all need to keep Yuki in our thoughts because <laughs> he absolutely loves Franz. And he was shocked when he announced that he was going to retire. Um, and we've got Laurent who's coming in next year. He used to be with Ferrari. So there, there we have it. Lots of changes over there. And still Alpine. I constantly forget that Alpine still does not have a principal, nor have they announced a principal for next year. So that's a really good point. I totally forgot that too. I, I forget it like every week. It just, you know, you kind of like, okay, <laughs> they're doing what they do. Okay. So we've got to talk about Red Bull. Oh, my Checo. Yeah. Cause I was trying to get an update live. Like, well, I mean, live for our Sunday afternoon, evening recording um, morning yeah. for you. Um, Here's some interesting things that I'm just, it, wow. It just, wow. I mean, There's, you, it changes the every day. I think when I woke up this morning, like it changed last night and then there was something else that came out today and I don't even think I've, you know, put it down, but so. Well, you've got rumors, right? There's a rumors that I sent you that were all over Reddit and, and everything about yeah. what's happening and talking about in Mexico and whatnot. And then I found an article where they said that supposedly recently Sergio was saying, well, I have a, a contract for another year and I'm going to stay forward for the future. Da, da, da. And I didn't realize that on Friday, Red Bull had tweeted and put on their, all their socials racing at hashtag Belgian GP until 2025. Sounds good. And it's a picture of Max and Danny. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I did not see that. I'm looking at it right now. It's Max and Danny, and they're talking about how they're the speculations around that because they're showing Max and Danny together and not Hot launch. It's a soft Max. launch. <laughs> no, seriously, I missed that because I was following all the like the Sergio side. So I totally missed that. But that definitely sounds like a soft launch because they were doing that with Daniel before. Um, they got rid of Nick. They started doing a whole bunch of little things with Yuki and Daniel, like Daniel pushing them into the water and all of that stuff. So that kind of sounds like a soft launch. Cause he, so after the race last week, Christian said like 
for Checo, it was a shocker of a race and that he desperately needed to, to rediscover his form. Then this past week, our favorite little chatty Kathy helmet Marco was opening his mouth again. And he said, Checo has to do the best he can without looking at Verstappen. We're trying to help him do that. You see, there is no criticism from the team, only help. Maybe it will work. And that's just part of what he said. Like he also went on bragging about how he was the one to bring Checo to the team and blah, blah, blah. I've also seen that um, in a couple different places that they're going to evaluate after the Mexico Grand Prix. So Red Bull is giving him basically two races. Um, but Helmut also said that Checo needs a change of climate and a team to address his ongoing slump. So he needs a change of climate and team. So I think he's kind of like, you know, already saying that. Kind of like trying to so, push him down with Atari or something? Because here it says here in this article that Perez set clear goals. He recently commented on speculation about his future. Now, it doesn't say it was in this last week. It just says recently that, well, yeah. right now I have a contract for next year, and it will be important to have a good year. I have the motivation to continue, and I want to stay for more years because I believe I still have a lot to give Formula One. I would like to stay in F1 for at least three to four more years. Yeah. So, so that doesn't sound like the speculation earlier in the week of, oh, he just may retire from F1. So that, yeah. that's just- No. So his team did come out. And if you haven't read it, so here's like where stuff started this whole week. So we had Chatty Cathy with his stuff. Then rumors started going around that in Japan, Red Bull to- told Checo, that they were ending, they were going to break his contract at the end of the year, kind of like McLaren did with Danny last year. Then you had sent me a very detailed rumor, and it was, you know, like we heard from this person, that person, um, that Checo, because supposedly Red Bull told him in Japan they're breaking the contract, Checo's team started reaching out to other teams to see if he could get a seat. Nobody, you know, first of all, there's no seats available. Everybody is tied in. Um, with the year that he has had or the end of this, you know, middle to the end of this year that he's had, people don't really want to struggle or don't really want to deal with his struggles. Um, he is an older driver, which, you know, he's been around since I think 2011. So he's been around for a long time. So, you know, he just had his fourth kid, all of that. Now, I think it was yes, early yesterday, people that were close to him, we're saying, no, those are all just rumors. Those are rumors. It's not not true at all. Then today, hang on, because I didn't even have a chance this morning to jot this down. Something else came out. And I, I just keep going back to, um, oh, did I not save it? Well, I just got a Red Bull debunks rumors of Perez's retirement announcement in, in Mexico. Yeah, so that, yeah, he did say he was going to retire. But here's my thing, like we talked about last, well, the last few weeks about just what Checo is going through with all of this stuff for the first, the xenophobia with the team and the team does not come out and defend him. Just his overall, like, you know, missing Q3 all the times, the crashes, everything else. And now you've got all of this stuff that's been dominating the news that they've let him go. He's retiring. And in the midst of all this, your social media puts a picture of Max and Danny and, and has a GP 2025. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't know. 2025, technically, it's not 2024. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, but still. Next year, 
Okay, but still, I mean, that's to me, that's a yeah. smack in the face. And people were respond, responding disrespect much. <laughs> oh, really? Dang, yeah, I they were out yeah. it. I yeah. really need to go out and look at yeah, that. People were responding to that, like, boy, this is some disrespect. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I hope these aren't the last couple races, you know, for Checo. I hope that he doesn't retire in Mexico, although that theory makes sense because he's Mexican and they, I mean, all around the world, Checo has fans. Like, I think we do lose him from the sport altogether, which may be possible. That's going to be awful. Like, his fans are some of the most, like, boisterous and, and loud and fun fans. Like, I love seeing them at races. They are so proud of him as a driver, and they love him. He's not a great job. You can have a, you can have a bad year and yeah and his year started off so good remember at the beginning he was like i could be fighting for the championship and that's when it all went like so conspiracy theories unite (laughs) i was just thinking the same thing that's what all when his car just seemed to stop working as well yep it just really i don't know because people are like oh it's all in his head it's all in his head i'm sure now that that's part of it but when it first started like why would it be in his head he was he was he won two races. He uh-huh. could have been fighting Max for for major points, and then uh-huh. so if it's all in his head, maybe he's being gaslit. From I mean, the I have to go back and analyze that because I do remember a point where his car was messed up to the point where they were having a hard time getting his car out in time for him to go out and get a time. So yeah, the mechanics yep. like they were in the back working on the back of his car, like yeah, and then. He kept having problems with the back end of the car. It was interesting, yeah. though the, the race before the this the time on the circuit before there was no problems, but suddenly there was problems. Yeah, it was just it's just it's very suspicious. Yeah, yeah I think it was just the day before. For such a drastic yeah. turn. For such a drastic huge. turn. If it would have been a casual turn, it's just such a drastic turn. Yeah, huge. And then I do think that you do start to get into that mindset where he's he might be a little, I don't want to say desperate, but it like he's pushing all out. Because now he's got to prove to them, no, I'm not, I'm not bad. Like, it's, I'm not losing it. I'm not. So I don't know. We're going to see what happens. But I think this could be, this might be a very big storyline on Drive to Survive. But because um, the drama around it all. And, you know. Just I know. Like, I'm looking forward to that next February. <laughs> I can't believe we have to wait till February. There was something else. Well, I mentioned that they have a a special livery coming up in Austin, but they are doing a auction for Wings for Life, which tends to be that that seems to be their charity. It's about um, spinal injuries and raising money for that kind of stuff. They've done different things this year for that. They're doing an auction for Vegas and it includes like a hospitality ticket, premium hotel on the strip, going to the launch party because there's a launch party Thursday or Wednesday in Vegas filming um, something with Max and Checo. You can get a Max signed um, race worn gloves, a wheel cover, all kinds of stuff. On Thursday, there was like five, I think five bids and it was up to $52,000. So who's buying them for us? I don't even know what it's up to now, but yeah, only the rich can play those games. Well, okay. What actual fan wants to buy that for us? Somebody. <laughs> I'm a little worried what we'd have to do to get it, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I might be open. 
to options. Um, no. So, oh, the other thing I did see, okay, speaking of Vegas, there's been a lot of posts going around. I don't know if you've seen it about how like they're still, the, the race is in a month and they're still building things. Like they, I mean, they've still got grandstands to build, but they're, they're finishing up like the paddock and there's other stuff that they're like, does not look like it's going to be ready. And, the street. It, yeah. And it's like, I don't know, like, is that going to be ready? If it's ready, is it going to have, I don't know, is it to code? Like, it's a little terrifying. And then this morning I was reading something where this guy was like, you know, I go to like four F1 races a year. And I don't know, this year he went to like Monza and Silverstone. And um, and he was saying how like the prices are already dropping on the secondary ticket market. So like StubHub and stuff like that for Vegas, like the face value is here. And now the ticket price is like down here. And that supposedly, I kind of want to go look this up, but supposedly like um, strip, rooms on the strip hotel rooms are dropping like they they were going for like two grand some of them now they're down to like 500 a night so i was kind of like that's interesting that means they still have tickets they're not they're not sold out <laughs> like it's still going to be a freaking nightmare there but yeah i just thought that was very interesting and i hopefully they're going to be ready in time i hope they're going to be ready um okay go what did you want to say did I was going to say the, play, the company we use to get our tickets, they do not have tickets for Vegas. Oh. So I checked. I don't know. I always worry about buying stuff on StubHub. Like, I'm not going to go up there. And then find out. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, for StubHub, Hub, like, those kind of things always worry me because what if it's not a legit ticket and you get all the way there and it's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> this isn't a real ticket. Um, okay, I got a few fun facts for you. So, one, Oscar Piastri, I said this last week that people are comparing Oscar Piastri's rookie year to Lewis Hamilton's. He is the only rookie since Lewis Hamilton in 2007 to get multiple podiums in, in a year. So wow. and we've been saying, we've been saying we could see Oscar as a world driving champion and we're comparing him to a seven time world driving champion. <laughs> like, yeah, and I don't we need to mark that because you know there's so much hype about Max, Max, Max. But let's let's not take away from Oscar. I think yeah. Oscar's quietly going to come up and be a you know, he's 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 good. He's yeah. really good, and he he just doesn't have. I think what's he's very endearing too. Like yeah, very. He doesn't have that attitude. Yeah. No, he's very. He seems very just chill and like even keel. Yeah. Very. I love that. Absolutely love that. Okay. Another fun fact, because we haven't had a good Fernando fun fact in a little bit. Um, he is the only driver to get through to Q3 at every Grand Prix this year. That's pretty That's cool. Crazy. Because remember when Max didn't get it? At the <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> so he is the only one. Max is also just the fifth driver to win three World Driving Champions back to back to back. So he falls now in with Lewis, Michael Schumacher, Seb, and Fangio. So that's a pretty good group to be a that's part of. Fun. So good job. Absolutely. And then tying those both together in my fun facts, Max and Fernando are the only two drivers to complete every Grand Prix lap so far, which is nuts because when you think that means they've had no retirements, there's been no crashes during a race, there's been no mechanical failures during a race, like... That's Nothing. pretty amazing because I remember one race where 
even Fernando was like, the car's just not pushing. He didn't finish well, but he went ahead and finished the race. And I was just thinking, oh, you might as well just retire. You're not getting any points, but he went ahead and finished the race. Yeah. He's also got what, 20,000 laps to his name or something yeah. like that. It's crazy. He's not a quitter. Last year in Austin, Lance, who wasn't his teammate at the time, because Fernando was driving for Alpine, but um, Lance, like, took him out. Like, I, oh, great. Now Fernando's done. Nope. Fernando went into the pits. They did whatever they needed to do. And he came back out <laughs> and he finished the race. Like, I just think that's Fernando. So yeah, I think that's a that's fun one. Cool. So we're going to compile all these at the end of the season too. I'll add them to my, my fact sheet. It'll oh, be yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I love it. We've had a lot of really cool stats this year and like Max has broken so many records. I think if we lay them all out and we're like, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Like, you know, we're going to have to do like a, like a, a, a trivia fun game, live game trivia, F1 trivia. Oh my gosh. Wait, with me and you, or we have to like, well, do we could see, we, we could see if we could host a live one and see if people would join us. That'd, That'd be fun. fun. That'd be fun. We could do it when we're in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> Where we'll be together. Okay. That would be fun. Okay. Would be fun. okay so last week we said, F1 Academy, um, so excited because they are in Austin this week. This is their last race of the season, but we actually get to watch it on TV. So we wanted to share with you how they work, how it all works. But then they trumped me with that and they came out with a new collab with a with the champions of the future. So their goal is to like in this collaboration is to increase female participation and inclusion across karting. So they're creating a junior series with three mixed gender categories. And I kind of love that because I think starting young, when you have boys and girls, you know, young men, young women, all different age groups competing in the same categories, that is just setting it up for the future. Like it's not going to be a big deal if, you know, a woman is driving an F1 car or whatever. So we can get around to the same race car driver right instead of yes. like oh it's a female leader or a male person or just race car driver we just yeah. want to see an f1 driver exactly <laughs> exactly so um f1 academies discover your drive um which is a whole thing that we talked about earlier this season that they started so they are going to have supporting three female drivers in each category so discover your drive will have three in each of the age groups so you have Minis, which is eight to 11 years old, juniors is 11 to 14, and then your seniors is 14 to 17. So they're going to have an F1 Academy branded cart, which I think would be kind of cool. They're going to have a race suit that's F1 Academy branded, um, and they're going to get financial support for their entry fees because karting is not cheap. I just was listening to the Beyond the Grid podcast um, interview with George Russell, and he was talking about how expensive it is. And so many of these really good drivers, um, and again, I was listening to Jessica Hawkins, who test drove the Aston Martin a few weeks ago. And it's the same thing. Like you don't have, if you don't have the money and the backing to be in these, you know, to bring to these sports, like you're not getting a seat. And so that's what prevents a lot of people from doing it. Um, anyways, back to this new series. They're also going to have a limit on entry fees and there's going to be very specific regulations to decrease like the financial investment that's needed. So again, opening it up, Instead of being a very elite sport, it's going to open it up to more people. It lets you find ta talent because talent isn't necessarily rich, right? right? You can have like some, you could, 
money doesn't make you talented. Talent makes you talented. And, yes. and training helps you hone that talent, right? So that's great because you could, there could be a, a F1 driver out there potential that could be the best potential F1 driver in the world, but because they don't have the money right. to get their self seen and to hone that skill, we have who we have, right? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And on that, yeah, on that flip side, like think of all the paid drivers that, you know, people talk about that were terrible. They were only in those F1 seats because, you know, their dad had money, they could, they had the money to get there and they weren't that great. They were only there, like you were saying, because of the money and maybe some talent, but not as talented as some of the people that are probably still in F2 or F3. Um, okay. So they're also going to have, um, there'll also be a chassis and engine lotteries to ensure that there's a level playing field. They're going to do six double header race weekends around the world. So the three mixed gender categories, those three different age groups that I told you, told you about 36 seats in each age category. So that's kind of nice too, is like, you don't just have like 12 people, 18 people. Um, the top three female drivers in the seniors um, division are going to be invited to an F1 Academy test. So they could move from a cart to an F1 Academy team, maybe at some point. They'll just do tryouts. Like right now, a lot of teams are doing testing um, with younger drivers to bring them into their academies. So it would kind of work the same way is what I'm thinking. So um, yeah, I thought that was that was kind of Cool. Amazing news for this week. Okay, so here is how an F1 Academy race weekend works. So they do two 40-minute practice sessions. So they just do two sessions. F1 does three. These ladies do two. Then that's followed by two 15-minute qualifying sessions. So total 15 minutes. That's it. Quali 1 sets the grid um, or sets the, ra the grid for race 1. And then that will last 30 minutes, race one. Quali one also sets the grid for race number two, but it's a reverse grid. So if you're finished at the top, you're starting from the back um, for race two. And that for the top eight. So the top eight in quali are going to start at the back in race two. That race is only 20 minutes. So it's more of a time thing. It sounds like than a lap thing. You know, in F1, we're always like a 58 laps or whatever. This is more. Those, how, how many drivers are in F1 right now? F1 Academy? <laughs> um, there's three per team. And I want to say there's, there might be like 18. So, okay. So, so the top eight, the top eight get flipped and stay in the top eight or the top eight get put in the exact back in the same top eight order or they get flipped and then put in the very back. So one is last. It just said that they get flipped. So I'm assuming one is last. Interesting. So that would That's be cool. a full, that would be a complete reverse. So of that. So I would That's think, yeah, very, very interesting. Um, so quality two sets the grid for the third race, which again is 30 minutes. And so every driver can race or will race in every all three of those races. So they can win multiple races in a weekend and they total there. I think that has happened more than once. So I think that's also pretty cool. You're not just racing one race. You've got three opportunities to, to get up there. Um, as far as team standings go, there's only 23 points separating the top two teams. So it really is going to come down to Austin 
as to who wins their constructor. Um, the team that's called MP has 372 points. They've got three really good drivers that I think they've all been on the podium um, and the Alcabasi sisters have won um, multiple times, I think, but they've got Amna and hum Hamda Alcabasi and then Emily DeHue. Prima, who's in second place, has 349 points um, and they have several drivers. Um, Marta Garcia and Bianca Bustamante have both won um, and have been on the podium multiple times and then Chloe Tong. So, and then when you look at like the bottom, oh, maybe there's only five teams. So that might be. No, I, got, I got the confirmation. There are <laughs> um, 15 identical cars. Mm -hmm. um, so there's 15 cars. Yeah. Um, and the way the grid works is the first eight qualifying one gets flipped to eight through one backwards and the nine and below stay in their same order. So it's only the first oh. eight, but they stay in the first eight just reverse. So Interesting. you're first or eighth if you're eighth, you're first. Okay. But then nine through 15 stays in the same order. Okay. That's good. They, that What I was looking at did not specify that. <laughs> so that is very good to know. That's really good to know. But I think what's kind of interesting is like, you know, we were talking last week about F1 being somewhat anticlimactic now that, you know, Red Bull has won the constructor and Max is the world driving champion. But for the F1 Academy, you know, that that constructor is going to be crowned this weekend because they're so close. Um, and the driver's standings. They give, sorry to interrupt. What's interesting is they give more points to point race one and three than they do to race two. Mm. Yeah, because so race, race two is only 20 minutes versus the other two are 30. So I wonder if yeah. that has something to but do with I wonder too because they flip when they flip this the order. That that's true. That they also lower, yeah. Yeah. So they um they it's is what we think of what we're used to. It's basically almost sprint racing, but then in yeah. regular. So 25, 18, 15, 12, 10, 8, 6, 4, 2, 1, for one and three, and then for two, it's 10, 8, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Okay. That's cool. That's, that is very, very cool. We'll have to drill this into our heads by next year. Um, <laughs> Hopefully they don't change it. Yeah, I hope not. I hope not. Please don't change it. Um, right now in the driver's standings, Marta Garcia is leading with 235 points. Lena Bueller is in second with 187. And then Hamda is right behind her with 179. So it's pretty close as far as points go. Um, in you know that top two through five so uh, again a lot can happen this weekend in austin so you can watch it on f1 tv you can watch it on the f1 youtube channel um and as a reminder next year all 10 f1 teams are going to have their livery on one car and they're going to nominate a driver so i'm really really hoping that this weekend in austin since you know the teams will be there that they will, the, the F1 teams will be announcing who is going to be their nominee for, for F1 Academy. So that could make it really exciting. Like I, that's how it should be. Like, I'm sure Susie Wolf is all over it and she's already told the teams, like you need to bring your, <laughs> tell us who you're, because it, what a perfect way to wrap up their season, crown your, your driver champion, crown your constructor, name the drivers that are going to be representing each of the 10 F1 teams. Like, it's a no-brainer for marketing. Like, 
<laughs> you need to do it. She wanted to bring that into another race later in the year or something, but just yeah. to keep F1 Academy active later in the year. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's they, they're that's all, they're cool. all there. Might as well they're all there. Save money on the flights too. Yeah. They're all there. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well do it. Okay, beyond the grid. So I thought this was so interesting. Both James Bowles and Zach Brown were racing like this weekend, Friday, Saturday, somewhere in there. Um, so James was in a GT3 and a GT4 car. And then he, it looked like he was in an older F1 car, but he said he loves like racing. He loves to race. He That's his hobby. That's what he wants to do um, with his free time. <laughs> so he's always at a track. And then Zach Brown was in the MCL 34 and he was in Barcelona. And then I think he also did another race and won him and some other guy. I don't know what kind of race it was because I don't pay that much attention to Zach Brown. But um, <laughs> but I thought that was kind of interesting. Like the principals and the owner or the CEOs are out there driving just like um, just like the drivers. And then we are already seeing some drivers in the U.S. So Danny Rick has been in Nashville um, so he drove the Red Bull show car and he was scheduled to do that before he came back to Alpha Tauri. Um, but he went ahead and did it and he was, you know, seen, um, in different, you know, singing music and different bars, whatever. So that looked like a heck of a lot of fun. And then Valtteri is in Kansas and he just won a bike race yesterday. So Valtteri, you know, went in off the track. <laughs> What's that? You wearing his silly costume? No, he was not this time. Just your normal. I think, I think that video we saw of, uh, of Fernando and them doing the let's let's be American. That was hysterical. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> they like, they I, eat this don't sound up. American, but okay. <laughs> they eat it up here, and I'm get a hot dog. <laughs> I was dying. Fernando's hysterical. Oh my gosh, I love him. He's so funny. Okay, but we've got back-to-back-to-back -back races coming up. I cannot wait. Um, and two of those are sprints. So, Austin. Sit down. We thought this was going to be a short episode, and it ends up not being. The next two are going to be insane. So, just yeah. buckle up, everybody. Exactly. It's just going to be that way. So, Austin, sprint weekend. Quick reminder. Friday, you have practice, and then quali for Sunday's race. Saturday, all about the sprint. You've got the shootout mandatory tire allocation in each session, shorter session times. And then Saturday afternoon, you have the actual sprint and then Sunday, the race. Okay. So Austin, I, like I told you, I'm having major FOMO right now. Um, Austin is amazing. It's a great place for a race. I love the racetrack. Um, people like it had, I don't even remember what the attendance was last year, but I think it broke records for all of F1 last season up until that point. And um, I'm sure this year it's going to be the same. So earlier this year, Forbes said it's actually the best place to attend an F1 race. And having been there, I would totally agree. So we sat at turn one because we just had general mission. That is so awesome because where they start, there's an 11% grade. So they go uphill and it goes right into kind of like a slow corner right at the top of that hill. It's amazing. Everyone's trying to get through at the same time. It's the best place to sit. Once the race starts and DRS is activated, that turn is right at the end of a DRS zone. And so like the cars are just coming up and the overtaking is happening, right? Oh, it's just amazing. Okay. So here we go. 
56 laps, two DRS zones, 5.513 kilometers. There's 20 turns. The track was specifically built for F1. They really wanted to bring F1 to America, you know, many years ago. Um, but they took, like when they designed it, I think they took different other parts of like other tracks. So turns three through six look like Silverstone. And then like, you've got the S curves, like we just had at Suzuka in Japan. Remember how we showed that little graphic? Um, and then 12 through 15 mimic a whole, like the stadium section of Hockenheim. So there's lots of elevation changes. There's plenty of room for overtaking. There's tight corners, lots of wheel to wheel action. Like I couldn't even tell you last year, like Seb led the, led the race at one point, Lewis led the race. George took out Carlos on the first turn. Like it, I love it. I, I love a race that has overtaking. I want them yes. to be. I want there to be position changes. I want there to be battles. I want there to be yes. like competition throughout the whole race to make it exciting and not just like the yeah. same no. over the whole race. You know, it's, I want to see because that's where you see strategy. That's where you see skill. That's where you see the car perform. Like this yeah. is this is where you see it all come together. So I'm excited it's, to see. It's amazing. And, and again, I think that the drivers are always happy to be there. And so that just kind of like makes the atmosphere even more fun. So last year we sat next to some people who had been going to that race. They, it was a father, son, um, older, and they were talk, telling us like maybe right before COVID. So like 2017, maybe 18, 19, somewhere in there. Austin was actually, they were looking at not having races there anymore because attendance kept declining. And then after COVID and Drive to Survive, they have the highest attendance like of almost all of the races. So they are, they rank up there for sure with all of the races. So I don't think Austin's going anywhere. It is getting more and more expensive to attend. Like I know from last year, general mission tickets went up 300%, but it still was not that horrible. Like I would have done it. It was still like, I don't know, maybe under four, 500 for all three days. Um, so Fernando has said like the Coda track is a really fun track to race on. Every sector is different and achieving the perfect compromise was set up to suit the con constantly changing char characteristics of the lap is makes it challenge. Um, so it's very unique. And Lewis, Lewis has the most wins at um, that track was six and he almost, he maybe could have done it last year, but did not. So <laughs> it should be a really fun week just seeing what the drivers are doing off the track and then, um, on the track and with a sprint and, oh my God. Yeah. We should probably just end this now because next week's going to be extra long. Cause we have to talk about F1 Academy next week and the sprint and off the grid and beyond the grid and everything else. So yeah, the most constructor wins there. Nice. With 10. Yay, I would love it if that last year Carlos was on the front row and then freaking George. I knew it. I told everybody around me too. I was like, that was George's fault. And they're like, it wasn't George's fault. Like it was George's fault. And sure enough, it was George's <laughs> fault because that's what George does. Oh, so maddening. I was oh, so upset, but still so much fun it's gonna be exciting next yeah. week's gonna be crazy so uh the temperature gonna be hot so it's gonna be a mix it's gonna be just insane between heat and yeah. a crazy you know, fun race and all kinds of characteristics and yeah in your time zone yes 
Oh, you know what the other thing I'm not happy about Vegas? Okay, I knew it was a night race, but it starts at like 11 o'clock my time. Yeah. Yes. That's 11 o'clock at Vegas. Why? Or it's like 10 o'clock and it's like 1 o'clock a.m. on the East Coast. Because I don't know. No, 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 that's 7 p.m. No, it is 1 o'clock on the East Coast. Yeah, sorry. I'm going yeah. backward. Yeah. It's, oh, my gosh. It's going to be in the middle of the night for me. 10 p.m. I think they were saying in Europe it's like 6 a.m. So it comes on at 6 there. Mm, yeah, because it's nine hours. So okay. it's going to be... Wow. I was not happy. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, we were finally getting to my end of the... I have to it's say... West Coast Rings. Why are they doing it so late at night? Other than maybe the I heat. Know. You can start at 9 o'clock. Start at 9 o'clock. Why are we starting at 11? Those poor drivers need to be out of their cars by 11 so they can go party in Vegas with the fans. <laughs> Diane needs to be out of there so she can go to bed. Yeah, I need to. That's going to be, it's going to be hard for me to stay awake. I don't know. I'm going to get up for it. 6 a.m. I don't do 6 a.m. unless I'm up from the night before. Well, you might have to pull an all-nighter and then be up. Yeah, it's, I'll just play video games all night like I did last night. That'll, that'll well, work. We don't have to think about that until November. So middle of November. So we'll get through these next three races and I will enjoy the time zone for Austin and Mexico. <laughs> and here we are for a short episode at one hour. <laughs> Thank you all for coming along for this one. It's going to be a doozy next week. We already know. See you. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week.